Welcome back to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and I could not be more excited to be back on the show. If you didn't know, if you didn't notice, and if you didn't notice, shame on you. We took a few weeks off. Uh, We took a little bit of a mini hiatus just to reassess where we were with the show, what we wanted to be doing going forward, give ourselves kind of a reminder of why we do what we do and really recapture the joy in the show. And the short answer is, I feel great about the show. I'm really excited to be back. I'm excited to be making some stuff. And I really hope that we're going to create some episodes that you really, really love. Starting with this week's episode in which we are playing Spoken Magic with Juno Baker. Juno is the owner of Emberhive Woodworks, a personalized pyrography and woodworking studio, which specializes in all kinds of different, like, woodworking uh, craft items, most specifically, most relevant to this show, uh, tabletop dice boxes, tarot boxes, things of that nature. Uh, Juno, she made an All My Fantasy Children dice box a few months ago that I say it on the episode recording, and I'll say it here as well. It is one of my most treasured possessions. I bring it with me to every convention. Uh, It is beautiful, and, like, it feels me with joy whenever I look at it. Um, I'm a big fan of Juno's work. Uh, They are also a cast member on The Watch of Black Glass, which is an actual play of The Watch, uh, hosted by the Off the Table uh, podcast stream network. It sounds just absolutely breathtakingly cool. Uh, The Watch is a low fantasy powered by the apocalypse game about women and non-binary people fighting to retake their homeland from the shadow, a darkly sorcerous threat that has the power to possess men and use them for its own violent ends. Uh, It is uh, just an amazing sounding pitch. It is an amazing cast. It is an amazing premise. It is an amazing sounding podcast. And if you hear that pitch and you're as excited about it as I am, you should go check it out. You can find more information about the watch of black glass, as well as Ember Hive woodworks and everything else Juno has going on in the show notes. Like I said, this week we are playing Spoken Magic by Dylan Grinder, and it is a game about wizards. Uh, Spoken Magic is a prompt-based collaborative storytelling game for one to four players. The game guides you on a journey through magical lands where you encounter strange dilemmas that can only be solved through magic. Magic, in this case, being a process that has players sharing words of power to craft a spell appropriate for the task. Uh, throughout the journey, you investigate the purpose of magic, you explore the conflicting desires for safety and heroism, and learn the true nature of your very own magic words. It is... A beautiful, beautiful game that, like, I'm so thrilled about. I think we do some truly wonderful, incredible world building, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Please go in the show notes and buy your own copy of Spoken Magic. It's a really cool game. I really think you'll dig it. Check the show notes for more information. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am beyond excited to be sitting down with my good friend, Juno Baker. Juno, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you for so much for having me over, Jeff. It's a delight to be here. All right, so before we get to today's very, very fun game that I'm very excited about, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want the audience at home to know about? Well, as the wonderful Jeff said, I am kind of everywhere right now. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stellar Empress. Uh, right now, I am playing the part of Kova in the upcoming Off the Table podcast of Black Glass. and. You will be seeing a lot more of me on that channel in the months to come. So I'm very excited for any work I'm going to be doing, and I'm just as excited to be here today. I am excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to play this game. I'm reading through it right now, and it just it it is so like it is a game so far up my alley. I am shocked that I have never read it before. Uh, so let's get into it. We are playing Spoken Magic today. 
Um, Spoken Magic is a game about, well, speaking magic. We are going to play powerful magical users uh, traveling a mystical world and solving problems. And we are going to do that through a deck of uh, magic cards and through a deck of uh, like magical words that we're going to combine together to create spells. So to do that, before we do that, we need to know who our spellcasters are. So uh, we need a name and we need our words. So what's going to happen is we are each going to write down a sorceress name. And then draw a card at random from this game has several decks of cards that we're going to be pulling from. So we're going to draw a card at random from the Arcanum deck, which will describe to us the nature of our magic words. Once we've done that, we'll go back and forth asking each other a few questions. Once we feel like we have a handle on once we feel like we have a handle on our characters i know the game traditionally asks that we ask one thing about the other person i think we'll just kind of go back and forth until we feel like we have a comfortable grasp on who we are and once we do that we're going to create some problems and and find some magical solutions do you have any questions before we we get to making some making some wizards i think i'm as ready as i'm gonna be let's jump in all right so I have flipped the Arcanum card. Your words are restorative. Ooh. And I think my sorceress name is going to be... I'm going to go with Fartham Vale. Oh, I like that. That's a dope wizard name. Fartham Vale, he, his pronouns. With restorative magic. Excellent. My turn to draw? Yes, indeed. Alrighty. I have drawn the Arcanum card. That my words are elemental. And I will be playing... A, a powerful card. Oh, it's going to be fun. Between restorative and elemental. It's a good combination. That's a good... That's a. This is a good duo. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. I am... I actually may have put some thought into at least the name ahead of time. So I will be playing Pollux Astir. They them pronouns. <sighs> it's real good, is the thing. <laughs> So we have Fartham Vale and Pollux Astir with restorative and elemental magics. And so now we're going to go back and forth and uh, answer some questions about each other's character, or ask some questions about each other's character. Um, I have a question for Pollux immediately. What does your magic uh, look like? What is the aesthetic? What is the aesthetic of your elemental magic? Because there's a lot of ways that that can go. What what tends to be what tends to be sort of the, the go to aesthetic of your elemental magic? Hmm. Uh, aesthetically, I think when they are casting spells, like they speak the words and their symbols start to form in the air, and the elements that are associated with the spell start to coalesce around those words. I think like the spell is created in motion, and you can see that happen when they cast. That's super cool. That's very, very cool. Okay. Similar question for Fartham. What does his magic restore? Uh, his magic restores... I'm gonna throw... I'm gonna throw a hard curveball here Ooh. and say his magic restores magic. Uh, his magic brings magic into places where magic either once was or has been lost from <sighs> into like magicless places there is magic that is brought into these places and so things 
become uh, my magic, uh, the words that I speak and the spells that I cast infuse and charge things with magic that uh, either was either was once there or was never there or should be there and 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 uses that to almost cause other magical effects and I I think it is I think part of that is I almost picture it as somewhat unpredictable right like it's I'm I'm kind of restoring things to their truest self and you can only predict what that looks like and what that what that's going to magically come to be so much but that is sort of the nature of my of my words you can't see my face right now but I'm just mouth agape. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh my god, I can't wait. I'm so I'm so excited. <laughs> um what my question for for my question for Pollux is what is their magical mission? Like what what are the what are the specific causes, problems, jobs, things that they will specifically like seek out to undertake? Ooh. That's a good question. Hmm. I think, somewhat ironically, um, they tend to be drawn towards uh, missions that are restorative in nature. Sort of literally, in that case. Uh, working to find places where uh, the elemental balance in the world is off. And trying to address the natural or unnatural disasters that uh, tend to result from that, whether it's providing aid to people or just stopping the weather from destroying towns. I think that's what really motivates them to get up and do the things they do. I love that. That's fantastic. That's real good. (laughs) So for Fartham, what is something they cherish about what they can do? Hmm. Um, I think a lot of magic, and and this might lead to a question of, of to a question for you that I might throw your way after this. But I think a lot of magic is predictable. I think I I, I like the idea that I like the idea that in as much as you can kind of predict magic, which is inherently kind of a chaotic thing, I think like a trained wizard can know how to put their ingredients together, right? Like, that's kind of the nature of what we do. And I think what makes, uh, what Fartham cherishes is along the lines of, of what I had said about, like, the restorative stuff, that's not really true for me. I, I have, I have kind of tapped into a kind of magic where, like, I might, I, I, there's a, there's a surprise to it that I think, like, had never, you never get tired of that moment of surprise when you watch when you watch that magic flourish and you see the end result, right? Like there are times that it might go catastrophically wrong, but there's still even then there's that moment of surprise of I can't believe that this is what has happened here. And I think like in a world in which magic is containable and controllable, having that element of surprise is delightful to Fartham. I think he is I think he is tickled by the presence of that surprise. That is wonderful. I love that. Thank you. Um my question for Pollux is along the same lines, 
how controllable or uncontrollable is their magic? Like how control how much how much control does Pollux have over over their magic? Is it something where they they can predict pretty much exactly what's go- what they're going to pull out, or, or or is there a level of of flying by the seat of their pants? Hmm. Okay. So, huh? Always with the good questions. Okay. Um. I think I don't see why it can't be both, Jeff. I, I do, I'm I'm upset that I've been hit. With this. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. Uh, golden opportunity. Okay, so I'm going to draw on the musician in me a little bit for this, and say that there is there's something predictable about the the basic forms and the basic elements of their magic. They know how to put these things together and, generally speaking, create a desired effect. But mm-hmm. in the same way that music can have different effects on different people, the way the magic manifests varies kind of a lot, even within the direction it's going. I think it can be affected by Pollux's mood or just the status mm-hmm. of the environment or just the whims of magic itself. But I don't think, even if they have the same ultimate effect, that the same spell can be cast twice and look the same. I I I love that, and that, that feels like such a natural kind of like flow from like you said, it's it's music, right? Like you can play, you know, you can play the same song. 10 times and it's going to sound ever so slightly different every time you play it. It's the same reason that people travel from like, you know, follow tours around, right? Like it's, it's that the same song sounds a little different and it's just, it's, and it, and it feels really, it feels like a night that connects really nicely to elemental stuff. Isn't that like, you know, fire might burn a little differently every time you burn it. And I'm, I'm so here for that. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know if I have any other questions. Okay. I don't think I do either. But I do love the fact that we have created two mages that are kind of just there for the experience of their magic. It's kind of great. I I I love that. And I love that that, may, that really gives us kind of a, a very natural partnership, right? Like, if... If if we are both mages that are, if we are both both magic users that are kind of here to experience it first and foremost, in a world in which in which that I think that element of it is almost a little lost sometimes. I think that's really interesting, and that that gives us a nice reason to to want to go out and like solve things together. Is that is that we're both kind of like something cool is going to happen, and we're the two people that are going to really appreciate that. Absolutely. Oh, this is going to be so fun. I'm so I'm so excited. Um, all right, so we've got our characters. We have met some. Uh, we've met some pieces of the puzzle. Uh, so now we are going to draw some cards from our words deck. And what's going to happen is uh, when we do that. We are going to create a prop, like draw some problems and locations. 
and and then we're gonna use those words uh, along with a little bit of uh, of magical chance. We're gonna roll some dice to to make sure things go the way we want it to go. But um, we are going to embark on a journey and we're gonna solve some problems with magic, which is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> solve problems on purpose, cause problems on accident. Who knows? And use magic for both of them. It's going to be great. Exactly. Okay. So we both have our words cards. Next is the location. Yes. We're going to draw our, we're going to draw our, a card from our location deck to be our home. So this is going to tell us where we are headed from. I've drawn Sorceress Pass. We're each, we're each going to take a turn describing various aspects of uh, this location. Okay. I think Sorceress Pass is a, an actual literal, like, valley. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a, a cliffside valley, right? Like, like, it is a carved out valley where uh, there are gem, like, uh, crystals in the rock that are charged with a sort of magical potential. And so it is... I don't think there's, like, a formal wizard school or similar, like, I don't think there are similar establishments, but this is a sort of place of power where a lot of of wizards and magic users and mages and witches and, you know, very magic users come here because it is a place where there is so much sort of potential energy around that it kind of makes an ideal sort of laboratory is the only way to describe it. Like it is a a place, a a conduit spot where where you know when you are when you are learning, it is a place that will give that will like put the the building blocks kind of in front of you, so that you can learn. And when you have learned a lot, it is a place that you can pull that pull that energy to really kind of like push those things in in unexpected directions. That's very beautifully put. I like that. So I always find this fun. So, because there's so much magical potential concentrated in this area, I like to think that it affects the environment of this pass as well. Not only is it a valley where magicians of all walks of life come to practice or to master, but I think it's just different from everywhere else. Like, magic is in the chlorophyll of the leaves and grass, in the crystals that crop out from the ground. Even the air itself feels... I want to say thick in the sense that it's thick with magic rather than anticipation, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know. How would that manifest? Just magical humidity. I I love... I love... That that (laughs) phrasing is extremely good, and and that, like... (laughs) It, it what I what I the, what I get the 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 feeling I get from that is like standing in the air in a very dry thunderstorm where you can almost like feel like the the kind of static and like the little shocks on on the tip of your nose right yes. like it's that feeling of like if lightning were to strike here it would be catastrophic but like I kind of want it to happen anyway exactly. Oh, that's good. So I I have a detail. I have maybe the most Jeff Stormer detail that I could possibly throw out. Please do. Uh, if I may be a parody of myself for just a moment. <laughs> do it. Um, 
it is very you had said the word magician which is which you've activated my trap card today (laughs) um and what i will say is uh stage magicians uh like trickster non-magic using stage magicians it is a popular spot because like because there's so much magic in the air and because magic is such a tangible palpable thing that also that also fosters a like a very kind of pure-hearted belief in magic in this like location in and around sorcerer's pass so people who don't use magic but are practicing the art of stage magic which is to say like making people think you're using magic will also come here and there's like a popular pastime of like and 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 I just get the picture of very powerful wizards like watching someone pull a quarter and like being just completely delighted because they're like <laughs> I don't know if you're actually using magic for this but I hope but like either you're using magic or you're not using magic and you're tricking me and both of those <laughs> options are delightful and just like just cheering and it's just this this it might not even come up in play but it's this picture of like people people come here also to like practice the art of of making it seem like they're doing magic and the wizards are extremely welcoming to that because hey, if you can trick me into thinking you're doing magic you're doing something right and they just you get just raucous magic shows oh my god i love that so much <laughs> okay <laughs> i am going to add more fuel to that fire by saying that uh, magical street it. fairs are absolutely a thing here. Filled with regular oh God, and yeah. stage magicians of all kinds. Oh, they 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 pop off is the thing. Oh, absolutely. Like Oh, that's that's real good. I I think I would love I would love to flip our uh flip a uh Oh, like I guess we have, so I guess I guess now we have to decide like where why we why we are why we are leaving this place but i think the opening scene has to be at one of these these raucous like street fairs where there is people pulling card tricks and throwing knives and sometimes they throw a knife and that knife you know bursts into flame and it's like well that seems like that might have been actual real magic but i'm never gonna know and we have to reveal why we are leaving <sighs> it's almost a shame i wouldn't want to leave yeah, right? I don't wanna I don't wanna leave this place. <laughs> Alright. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's what we're going with. <laughs> the ancient one will soon pass. <sighs> okay. So what does this mean? Does it mean pass as in pass away, or pass as in, like, come to pass? Will they be arriving? Is there an omen? I I have a pitch for you. Go for it. What if it's pass by? What if it's, a like, this ancient, like, eldritch being? is going to be like passing through our plane of existence like like a, a, a hyper magical Halley's comet. Ooh. And it's not necessarily 
Because the phrase the ancient one always, I feel like, comes with this aura of, like, of, of evil or fear or dread. And what if this is kind of, what if, what if we, what if we lean hard, like, in the opposite direction where this is, like, just, like, it's, it's not evil, it's not good, it's not really paying our space any acknowledgement. It's just this being that is from before time is going, is, like, traveling through the multiverse and will be in our world for a moment. And for two people that so value seeing the experience of magic and sort of experiencing the unexpected parts of magic, that feels like an opportunity too good to pass up. Absolutely. Oh. Ooh. Like, with a hyper-magical Haley's comment, to take that metaphor, imagine how much that's going to stir up the magical balance of this world. Imagine how much chaos it's going to create. Intentionally or otherwise, something weird's going to happen, and we're either going to want to see it, or we're going to have to fix it. That's as good a reason to travel as any. And the thing is, both of those options are good. Like, both of those options are things that I think both of us kind of want to happen. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, we are going to fix this problem. But it's so cool. Can't we just take, like, a second first? I'm, I'm going to push this even farther on, on Fartham a little bit. That, like, okay. that problem... I think the I think that that problem is almost like the culmination of Fartham's studies in terms of like if all of this magic is going to dump out into this world and all of these waves and ripples like think about the opportunity that presents to like restore all kinds of stuff that like I never even had the power to restore before. I never even considered that some of these things may have had or have the potential for magic in them. And like now, all the rules are going to be off. This might be this might be the culmination of everything I've been researching for my entire life. Is this moment when suddenly all of this magic is going to be available to go into stuff? Oh my god, that is going to be so cool! It's it's his Arcanum Opus. It is. I'm so excited. This is good. So, the the only issue now is that we got to get there. Mm-hmm. Which means we're going to flip some location cards, we're going to solve some problems along the way, and then eventually we're going to see this magic, this, this incredible event happen. Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to flip uh, our first location card and our first problem card. All right. Our location card is Faye Isles, Dreams of Another Journey, and our problem card, Dark Thoughts Given Life. Oh, that's such a good combination. Does the real good combination. I, I have a really good pitch for the location. Go for it. I'm ready. The, the absolute fastest way to get to... A like to get for long distances for like for ma- for magic users for people keyed into sort of the magical the magical plane right for people keyed into sort of the magical the magical energies in the air it it is way faster to to hop skip to to the fey realm where time and distance are immaterial 
where yes. we could then you then come down and so like that would be if we're if we're trying to get to the other side of the world right like if we're making this a journey we're making this the most the most journey possible um and the fastest way to get there is going to be just hop into the hop and hop take a take a quick jaunt to the fey isles you know skip from one aisle aisle to the next and then hop back out and we'll be on the other side of the world I love that so much. Oh my god. So then I'm going to throw it to you. How do you think this problem manifests uh, along the way as we're kind of as we're kind of hopping through the face space? Hmm. I think that the face space, these fey isles, I feel like everything is more raw, more potent here including magic, including emotions, and especially how the two of them intermix. Mm. So I think to stay on course, as we are uh, either proverbially or proverbially or literally sailing through these Fey Isles, we have to maintain a certain headspace, I think, a certain state of mind that will let us sail smoothly. But if our mind wanders, or if it's troubled, then the waters are choppier, danger begins to lurk beneath the waves or around the corner. It is as hazardous as our minds are to us in any given moment, I think. I I so love that. And here's what I want to throw out to you. I want to throw out uh, that there are two problems here that are going to com- that are going to combine that we're going to solve with a with a with a powerful magic spell. Okay. Uh, and those problems are going to be. Uh, I'm going to ask you what is troubling Pollux. Uh, you're going to ask me what is troubling Fartham, and then we're each going to take that answer that we receive and craft it into a magical into a magical thing that is that is standing in our way. <sighs> I'm so ready. Since this is your turn, would you like to go first? Absolutely. Um, I will ask you, what is, what is troubling Pollux at this moment? I think what's troubling Pollux is... Oh god, I don't know how to word this. I think what's troubling Pollux is... How unbalanced everything feels right now. Like, there's, there's an at-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of anticipation of what can happen next, and then there's mm. a sense of dread that comes with the unknown. And I think the latter is the case here. With the passing of the Ancient One and with everything in as much flux as it is, I think Pollux is concerned that everything will be left in a state of disarray that will harm people rather than just being spectacular to witness. Hmm. Okay. All right, I really like that. Um, And I think that kind of manifests in... I'm going to say that manifests in... I I, I laughed when, when thinking of this obstacle, but I think it also has a real poignancy to it. If 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 this manifests in an image of this eldritch ancient one, 
as the only way that I can think to describe it is uh, Galactus from the from the classic <laughs> film Fantastic Four: The Rise of Silver Surfer. If it's just like evil cloud, like that works. I think that that creates a very compelling <laughs> thing because it's this it 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 feels like it ties into this uncertainty, right? It feels like it creates this sense of what is this thing that is going to that is going to confront us. That's really good. <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to be able to get Galactus out of my head now. Thank you for that. Good. Uh, and I think I think the thing that is worrying, I think the thing that is troubling. Oh yeah, I know exactly what it is. The thing that is troubling uh, Fartham is a very, the very real fear not of not of the ancient one coming to pass because I think that is something that he is purely excited about. I think it's what comes after that. You know, like it's that it's that moment of this is what I've been working for my whole life. It's here now. What happens after that? Ooh. It's it's almost a fear of the unknown. Yeah. In a sense. It's how do you manifest what lies above the peak of the highest mountain? And Oh, actually, I think I know. So I'm going to pitch something to combine these two. Go and for it. so I think as the two of them are traveling, this ominous set of storm clouds with something depicting what might be a face or what just might be the amorphous mass of the Ancient One, but as we have to travel underneath it, as it passes over us, there is... No, that's not how to start that. It's... It puts everything beneath it in this pitch darkness. Not even magical light can pierce it, or at least we haven't tried. And it leaves us wandering, just kind of stumbling, not knowing where to go from here, but knowing we have to get somewhere. That's so good. That's that's absolutely fantastic. I'm so hyped for that. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> so, we have our we have our problem. Uh and we have we we've got to solve it and the only way that we've got to solve it is magic. I mean, we are in the literal realm of magic, so it 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 sort of feels like the only natural way to 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 fix this. So what is going to happen now is uh we are each going to select words out of our hand of six word cards that we want to commit to the spell and in which order we want to commit them. Uh, no player may commit more than one word to a spell, but at least one word must be committed to each spell. Uh, I think because there's just the two of us, I might, uh, I think we might tweak that and say that if we want to submit multiple words, we can just for the sake of, of being able to really kind of create some complex and weird and cool magic. Oh yeah. Um, each time we're gonna, each time we contribute a word, we will describe how its meaning will help or hinder the spell. Once we have written the spell, uh, the current player recites the words, describes the magic, and rolls one six-sided dice for every helping word and one four-sided dice for each hindering word. So as uh, as this is my turn, I am going to put down the first card. I'm going to put down Mechanos. I'm, I'm laying down the word Mechanos, and I, I I think that it is uh. In the vein of restorative magic, I think it is 
a word that has a power of uh, routine to it. It is a word that has a power of it 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 has that it has mech in it so i picture machinery and i picture and i think like you know what is the purest form of restorative magic it is restoring one's own focus and i think this is a word that represents kind of like uh locking locking one's focus into like a set order or routine right like it is making cleaning cleaning out the gears so that they tick so that the so that the clock continues to tick that's really good i like that a lot and i think this hinder or that this hinders jeez i think this helps i think this helps (laughs) okay let's see i'm going to add to the spell the word hikato and I think what Hikato means is, at least in the vein of elemental magic, it's tied to earth and labyrinths specifically. It's a, it is a word that is used to guide either plucking the correct words out of a myriad of uncertainty or just helping to maintain focus so you do not get lost in your own magic. I think this is kind of a wayfinding word in that sense. It helps to stabilize both the casting and the effects of the spell. So Mm. I think it's helping. I I, I love that. And I'm going to throw down, I have exactly one more word that I want to throw down. I'm looking at my hand and there's nothing else I want to throw down after this, but I want to throw down tis. And the reason I want to throw down tis is there are a lot of words that have very complicated reasons. And there are a lot of magical words that have reasons that are far divorced from the words that perhaps they are most closely associated with. Mm Mm-hmm. I think tis is not one of them. Tis is, you know, the simplest and most ironically kind of the simplest and most elemental of magics it is it is quite it is a magical word that is meant to be taken quite literally it is it is right like it is it is the ultimate word of creation it is merely declaring this is and so like tis is the ultimate it is the ultimate word of 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 uh authoritative uh, summoning and creation of something that something there that was not there before, and I think this helps because we uh this is going to literally create uh create an object and create a a tool for us to create this very focused uh guidepost to bring our way home. That is so good. I think I think with that that is the punctuation mark on the spell. I okay. think that's as complete as it's going to be. All right. So then I am going to, because we have three uh, three words that help the spell, I'm going to roll 3d6. And uh, if one of those dice is a six, then the spell is successful. Uh, there are no four-sided dice in play, so uh, we are not going to roll any uh we are not going to roll any four-sided dice so there's no chance that the spell is uh completely a failure 
but if no dice that I roll roll a six, the spell is partially effective and solves the problem at a cost. I can't wait. Well, that's a six. We did it. Yes. We got it. First roll. All right, that's two sixes, which I'm going to flavor is saying is especially effective. Um, So we are lost. We are floating. We are stumbling. Uh, This these 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 clouds, these tenderness spiraling clouds are closing around us and the world, you know, there seems to be nothing in any direction but these sort of spined tendrilous clouds and we are merely like we we are we are lost in the most literal sense and i think i i i i think fartham looks over to pollux and you know raises up a hand and i think uh fartham like raises up a hand puts it on pollux's shoulder puts a hand or puts two fingers to his forehead and whispers uh mechanos hagato tis and closes his eyes and opens and being restorative magic, this is restoring magic to us. And we, you know, both of our eyes begin to glow and our breath is, is, is neon and, and puff. And like it, as, as though we were in the most freezing of weather, you see our breath, but it is neon blue and around us bricks start to fall. And, Quite literally, a a constructed tunnel forms in front of us. And, like, you know, we can't see it beyond the walls, but there is an entire, uh, there's an entire labyrinth that is forming and maze, mazes and tunnels. And the tunnel in front of us, like, we, it forms and it gives us a path forward and it gives us a path and the path that we could take forward is the path that leads us out through the fog and out through the Fey Isles and to where we need to go next. That's so good. That's game so rules. cool. Turns out this game rules. This game is awesome. Um, so I am, because our spell was a success, um, I get to gift one of the committed words to you. So we're going to discard the other two cards I gotta give you tis. I gotta give you. I gotta give you tis. <laughs> so I'm gonna have uh, take that card, and then I'm gonna flip the other two, and these will go in our discard pile. And with that, it is your turn to. With that, it is your turn to flip our next location and our next problem. All right. So our next location is. The Lake of Runes. Our next problem is a sudden storm. Weather is very uh, central to this journey, apparently. Yeah, there is elemental magic in play. Very true. Okay. Hmm. I have an idea. Go for it. So, the Lake of Runes is... It has that name for... Two reasons. One, it is, it's another place where magic tends to coalesce. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mages of all kinds will sometimes come here to meditate or receive insight. But I also think the water is literally magical mm-hmm. in the sense that, oh, how do I put this? 
in the sense that if you consume the water, uh, you either gain an understanding of some aspect of magic you didn't understand, or if you use it for like divination, the words will literally come to you. Mm. They will bubble up out of the water and just sort of envelop you with their knowledge. I have a detail to add to this, if you'd like to hear it. Please do. This is the ultimate magical writer's retreat. Like, for people writing scrolls and writing runes, like, this is, this is like, the ultimate spot for, for people whose magic is tied to writing. For, for scribes, like, this is the ultimate spot. Like, this is, this is, this is a spot that is very specific, a very specific kind of meditative spot for, for, uh, magic users whose magic is tied to more specifically, like, the written word, because, words are in the air right words are in the water words are in the air like if you need to if you if you're writing if you're writing a spell book or you're writing a piece or even if you're just you know writing that novel that you've been talking about since you were 15 like this is the spot to come and like find those words i love that so much (sighs) okay good 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 um, are we okay with the Lake of Runes as is, then? As this yeah, I think incredibly so. I think potent so. writer's retreat? I think so. I love it. And then there's the matter of the storm. Since so I handled I, the problem last time, would you like to? I would love to, because I have a very specific pitch. I was hoping you were going to ask, because I, I have a, a, a super specific pitch. Good. If, if there are words and there is magic in the water, that water is going to eventually evaporate and go into the air and eventually rain back down. <laughs> if that if if by the nature of if by the nature of weather that that rain becomes a storm and 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 by uh, you know bathing in the water drinking the water by 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 divining in the water like you are finding words this is a storm of this is a storm of shattering secrets and a storm of hurtful revelations and a storm of uh things that you that you did not want to know or that you should not know and like it is a storm of uh that really awful that really awful moment when you when when you are uh aggressively confronted with a truth that you do not wish to to be confronted with and like so you know the lightning crashes and a wave of water comes down and like it 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 hits you it hits you with realizations that that uh trouble you and and it 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 undercuts the wonderful creative work that is being done at the lake of rune oh my god oh my god <laughs> can i just say this is a really really cool world we're putting together right this is so dope this is amazing. This is real dope is the thing. I'm so <sighs> I'm so here for all of this. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So before we jump into the spell, your problem gave me an idea for a question. Okay. So what is the secret that Farlam is trying his best to hide? 
I, I, I know it without a moment of hesitation. And it's going to complicate the character of Farthing for me in a way that I'm very excited about. Um, this will not be all of this stuff that Fartham, I think, has probably talked to Pollux a ton, like, probably talked their ear off, right? Like, Pollux has been a chatter, or, or sorry, Fartham has been a chatterbox this whole time about, like, <laughs> describing various uh, interpretations of what the Ancient One might look like, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, there are some novels that actually portray the Ancient One sort of this way, and it's very interesting because that kind of tracks to what this drawing looks like, but this drawing also adds horns, which is more closely tied and, like, is has this whole sort of verbal conspiracy board that, that, <laughs> that he's been working on for years, like, describing all of the ways that these different things interact. And it's all he's always talked about, like the potential that's going to bring into the world, all of this magical energy that's going to just flood through and all of these things that are going to be infused with magic. He has not mentioned how catastrophically bad that will be in certain circumstances. (laughs) And he knows that. And he's just trying to he's trying to to uh, there's a little bit of naive ego of i think i can probably fix what's gonna go wrong in the thing and fix things before people get hurt Mm. and there's a little bit of well you know that happens you know a storm comes a storm comes and things get broken like there he's 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 he sees it a little bit as a uh, there's only so much i can do and I, you know, I have to make peace with this to acknowledge that this world changing thing is going to happen. But he knows that that is an acknowledgement of being okay with harm and damage and, and, and like suffering and things that like he, he knows that he has made that conscious decision to be okay with those things. Mm -hmm. And he does not want anyone to know that he, he's, aware and aware of that and has made a peace with it and is not doing more to impact that. Whew. That's good. Right? That's, That's rough. Deep. <laughs> Poor Fartham. I feel I feel real bad for Fartham now. Like I didn't <laughs> whew, that, 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 thank you for that question because that that hit hard. I'm glad I asked it. Hmm I'm trying to think now. I I don't think Pollux is much of one for secrets. Mm-hmm. At least not with Fartham. I think they tell him pretty much anything that's on their mind. But I know but I know there is a promise that I think Pollux knows they're going to have to break along this journey mm. if they're going to see it through. And that's something that they are, that's the one thing I think they're refusing to, to talk about. I think, I think given that most of their work is protective and balancing, I, I think they're struggling with knowing that one, this phenomenon is more or less inevitable. And two, the, the part of them that wants to see just how chaotic everything can get. This is a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-millennium sort of deal. And how much are they going to have to go back on their word to keep everything stable to witness this in its fullest form? Oh, 
Wow, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. That's real good. So, I guess the question, and I will, I will throw this to you as it is your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, what is the, and this might even be something that we have to piecemeal through our, our magical words, but like, do we have an idea of what our, our magical objective is with this storm? Is it to get it to calm down so that people can keep their secrets? Is it to give people a shared insight into why we, sh- why each of us have kept our secrets? Is it to, is it, is there, is there, is there a whole other third option that I'm not even thinking of? Hmm. Part of me wants to figure this out in the midst of the spell casting, but I will also pitch. Given that every drop of this runic rain has either a fragment of a secret or a whisper of a fear... Mm. Or a lie that is now uncovered. It's hard to put that back. Mm. Promises can't be unbroken. Lies can't be untold. Secrets can't be unshared. So insight might be a goal. But peace might also be as well. Mm. Making peace with the fact that there are things that people just know now. There are consequences to it. I love that. That's so good. All right, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to cast some magic. All right, let's do it. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to draw the first card. Undoon. And what I think this word means in the vein of elemental magic. Uh, appropriately, it is associated with water. And it is a word of clarity. Hmm. It is... It allows you to see beyond the surface of an event or a sign, beyond your initial reactions to what may be happening, to allow you to see the truth behind it. Not just the what, but the why. That flows really nicely into the word that I was going to put down, Ooh, which is uh, Dalmar. Dalmar. Um, Dalmar is a word of two it is a word of two parts it is a word you know dal and mar are these very strong two part like two part two syllable word and and it is a word that represents two like of two things it is a word that represents like you know strong syllable one and strong syllable two like it it, it bridges two things and and taken with the other Taken with the other word, it has this uh, this sense of it gives clarity between two people so that they can see each other wholly. It it you know, and in this case, that is that is a that is a helping word because when you are presented with a lie, when you are presented with a broken promise, oftentimes you see that broken promise and you don't see anything else, right? Like that is that is. You see, or you you see the you see the hurt of the lie. You see the disappointment of the broken promise. This is a spell that brings a clarity of context. It is it is it is a spell that 
there I, I picture it as almost coming together to have this element of like time slows down a little bit. And all of those realizations that you would have two days later after you've been angry for two days. They settle in immediately. Oh, that's really good. That was a really strong second. <laughs> Thank you. I was really excited about it. <laughs> and just to double check, because I was a little unsure about this. Yeah. Um, since you gifted me the word tease, mm-hmm. we're not allowed to use that in another spell, right? Um, let me double check. Or are we nixing that rule? Um, let's see. Once the spell is complete, the current player can gift all other words committed. Um, I believe you can use that word freely. Hmm. Cool. Okay. I'm going to hold on to it for now because I have another one in mind. All right. I'm going to throw in... Distati. It's... It's less one that flows into the other two and sort of just wraps around them. This is a... This is a word of wind, I think. Ooh, okay. It is about momentum and direction. It's about finding the way forward. And I think in the context of this, it's a it's finding the path forward for those who have come to terms with something, especially something major. Hmm. And I don't, I don't think I can add anything else to it at this point. What about you? Is there anything you want to add? Um, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay. So, I think if I can set the scene. Go for it. I think as we're passing by this lake, there is a peal of thunder overhead. And the first drops of this runic rain fall on the two of them. And as they get up to find shelter and are slowly drenched in this rain, there's a point where they just sort of stop mid-step and look at each other. And they have this realization. But before either one of them can get too upset, uh, Pollux takes a moment, takes a breath, puts a hand over Fartham's heart, and whispers the words, Andun Dalmar Distati. And we see the rainfall slow, almost to a stop. And I think the two of them just share this quiet moment with each other. It's like, okay, I see why you were afraid to talk about this. I understand where you're coming from. And I'm sorry you had to bear that. But we'll figure it out. And I think, uh, I think Fartham puts his hands over Pollux's and just whispers like, if you if you can't keep your promise, that's why we travel together. 
It's so that I can help you with, I can help pick up the areas where you need help with. You're so right. We can weather whatever storm comes together. A storm is nothing but the cycle of weather bringing water back from the sky. It is nothing more than an act of restoration. And I think with that, the rain starts to pick up speed very slowly. And we come back to the storm in full. Mm -hmm. With a lot more visible relief on both of their faces, Mm -hmm. I think. And I think that's that scene. I think it is. So, do you did you roll dice? Do you need to roll the dice to see how well this spreads out for the rest of the I lake? Did in fact need to roll dice. I uh, do like that the magic worked for us inherently. That's <laughs> like that 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 is that is a good a good moment. I think so, and I think it speaks to their bond as well. Yeah, for sure. But let's see how it plays out for everyone else. I think these are all helping words. I think so. Yes? Okay. Yeah. So you're going to roll 3d6 and you want a 6. Okay. So no 6s. Okay. So it still works, but at a cost. What's the cost for this? I I have a pitch. Go for it. I think... I think the magic worked for us because we have a bond. We have a bond of like we have this deep, this deep bond, and we we see each other. We see the best in each other, and we see the whole of each other. And we are we believe we we fundamentally believe in one another. That said, because the phrasing in the book, it it also says it can work like partially or temporarily. I think. There's a very real emotional moment when you are having a fight with someone, when you have found out that they have lied to you about something, or that they have broken a promise, or that they have disappointed you. There's a moment that comes in, in, in a really rough argument of that nature, mm-hmm. when you're angry and Time has passed, and you've you've worked through kind of that initial anger, and you see the 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 you see the the facts that you didn't see before. You recognize the the reasons that they did what they did, and the reasons why maybe maybe that promise wasn't as important to you as you thought it might be, and how this doesn't really impact you know, the plans that you made or how that lie didn't really, wasn't as severe as maybe you thought it was. But the thing is, there's a moment, and I think that the the, the temporary or the partial success here is that there's a moment, there's the moment where all of those things come true and you, you, you come to forgive. But there's also that moment when those things come to pass and you're not ready to forgive yet. And there's also that moment when those the, the those realizations come to pass and you have to make the choice to forgive. And I think in a way that you can take a horse to a lake, but you can't force the horse to drink. 
your magic Pollux can bring those realizations to all of these people, all of these, these magic users, these writers, these creatives, all of these, these visiting people to this lake. You can bring them those moments of realization, but it is on every single one of them to make that conscious decision to, to forgive. It came easily for us because we are, because we have a, a deep running bond. That doesn't mean it's going to come naturally to everybody. I'm speechless. That is really powerful. It feels weird to be pumping my fist right now, given like I just laid down a serious <laughs> emotional thing, but I'm pumping my fist. You are free to, my friend. <sighs> okay. Wow. So, this doesn't really fall within the purview of the game's mechanics, but I feel like Pollux might stick around here a little longer just to help them through that, because that's rough. I actually kind of want to call for Endgame on that note. If I may, I have a pitch. Go for it. This might be the moment that we part ways, at least for now. Because I think no matter how much Fartham wants to stay and help people, like he doesn't want to miss this. I think he can't. I think I think there's a moment where the two of us are are sitting and we're watching these people live with these things, and Fartham is drying himself off and is like, "I gotta go," and I know that you can't come with me, and I promise. I will find a spell that will let me give you everything. Let me give you everything that I see and experience and feel. But I need to be there in person. I think... I think at the moment Pollux realized that they needed to stay behind for these people. That that might happen. Because they know how important this is to Fartham, and they wouldn't want him to miss it. So, the parting is very bittersweet. Mm -hmm. But I think before he leaves, I think before he leaves, uh, Pollux gathers a small bottle of this lake water, and speaks the word distati into it before giving it to him. Let this guide you home, my friend. I know this journey is everything to you. And if I can catch up before it happens, that would be wonderful. But do what you have to do. Whether I'm with you or not, your joy is mine. Likewise, you... You... Have the ability to offer... Offer these people a kind of restoration that... My greatest spell couldn't. (laughs) And... There is no greater wizard equipped to take on that spell than the one standing right in front of me. 
and there is no greater wizard ready to see what magic at its rawest and take that and make something even more beautiful than you, my friend. And I, I stand up and I, I, I put my hands on my hips and I, I give you a little nod. And then before departing, we break out our absolutely mesmerizing secret best friend's handshake. Yes. It's well, re- well rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had, we've had plenty of time to make it as complicated as possible. Oh, for sure. It is, it is, it is as complicated as two lifelong wizards would make a series of hand gestures. <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. And so the last thing that I'm going to ask is uh, we're going to skip ahead to as though as though we had used our last cards and we're going <laughs> to say, what have you learned about magic over the course of your journey? Hmm. I, I want think- to say two things. Go for it. Um, the first, I think Pollock's honestly learned just by virtue of being friends with Fartham that magic is in everything, even in ways we can't anticipate or expect. And being that connected with everything and with everyone makes the world a brighter place. And I hope I didn't just lose the second thing I was thinking of. Shoot. Hmm. Yeah, it might just be one thing. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I I think Fartham has learned that it is it is it is one thing to put magic into something that into magic into something. But I think there's another layer of his restorative magic that he has, like, come to understand by his friendship and his travels with Pollux, which is the magic that is already there is also something to be treasured. And, and you know, there's the literal level where pollux has taught that 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 magic is in the air and the water and in the the crackling of lightning and then there's also that moment where we were lost in a fog and it was our our magic in ourselves just as much as it was in what was probably honestly a non-magical moment of of friendship and vulnerability in a rainstorm like conjuring that magic was just as just as potent and even more powerful and beautiful and that is something to be treasured. I love that. And so I ask you one last question. Write a short phrase. We, w- we would traditionally do this in silence, but we are on a podcast and that will make for <laughs> bad audio. Uh, we'll each write a short phrase that begins with my words are to indicate how our words have changed through sharing. Okay. So- my, my words are awakening. My words are awakening that which that which was asleep. 
I like that. Do you want to leave it as is, or would you care to elaborate? Because I'm curious. I I think that's I think that's how I'm gonna leave it as is. Ooh. Okay. My words are broadening. My words have shifted in their perspective. I love it. And and that's game. That is game. Wow, we oh that my was God. real good. That was intense. That was a lot, and that was fantastic. Oh, oh this was so good. I'm just going to echo what you said earlier. The world that we built just absolutely ripped. Mm-hmm. Dang. I am delighted by how this went. This was very, very good. Oh, every part of me wants to come back to this at some point. Ah. Uh. I, I think we may have to because I feel like I I just just didn't I I want to in the spirit of the game I want to just see more places. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, another time, another time. For now, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so very very good. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so delighted to be here, especially after all of that. That was great. Um, real quick before I wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? You can find me online, well, specifically on Twitter, at Stellar Empress, or at Off the Table, that's Off underscore the Table. Uh, by the time this comes out, I will be working with them under more official capacities, so you will be seeing a lot more of my face on their channel. But uh, in general, aside from podcasts, I also do charity streams with people, and I do pyrography. I'm a wood burner, specifically with dice boxes. So if anyone is interested in getting a specialty box of their own, please contact me. I'm more than happy to work with you. Here's my here's my brief moment of endorsement. I am holding a, a, a dice box that you have created in front of me, and it is literally one of my most treasured possessions. Uh, it fills me with joy whenever I go to grab a dice because it is uh, just like legitimately just beautifully made, and the detail on it is fantastic. I... I cannot be possibly happier with this dice box. It means so much that you think so. Oh, it it fills it fills me with joy. It is it is it is lovely. Um so thank you thank you for making it. It it legitimately brightens every time I see it. You are so very welcome, my friend. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was a delight. And for now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap things up. Take a future me. Thanks past me and thanks again to Juno for coming on the show. That game was breathtakingly good, astoundingly good, beautiful, wonderful, incredible game. I could not be happier with it. Be sure to head to the show notes for more information about the Watch of Black Glass, as well as Emberhive Woodworks and all the other stuff Juno has going on. And be sure to follow Emberhive Woodworks on Twitter at Emberhive and Juno on Twitter at Stellar Empress. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash party of one merch. Join our discord at bit.ly slash party of one discord and support the show financially at patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer or ko slash Jeff Stormer. 
Finally, if you're looking for other ways to support the show, or you're just looking for other fun tabletop podcasts to listen to, you should listen to All My Fantasy Children. AMSC is a tabletop creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network, in which my best friend, Aaron Katanos, I, and I, every single week, we take a listener-submitted prompt, and we spin it into an original fantasy character using some of our favorite tabletop role-playing games, and along the way, we populate a shared universe one story at a time. It's a great podcast. I really love it. You can find more information at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show as a guest, or press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Ah, it's good to be back.